When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. My name's Ellis Williams. I'm joined today by M Live writer Aaron McMahon. Aaron covers Michigan football and has been for three seasons now. Aaron, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm well. It's good to be good to be with you. Yeah, yeah, man. Happy to talk. Look, when uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was selected in the sixth round by the Browns, um, I, you know, I just have noticed this fan base just be thrilled with excitement. And I, it's been a while since a sixth-round pick has gained this much uh, attention, even even nationally in a way. Uh, we'll get into what Urban Meyer had to say, things like that. Uh, I wonder if it was because it was a loaded class that he falls to six, you know, things like that. We're going to get into it. Regardless, the people want to talk about Peoples-Jones. Uh, before we get into him and projecting him as a Brown, first I want to ask you about your first impressions of Peoples-Jones. Uh, do you remember your first conversation with him? Was it a first practice? I guess what I'm asking, can you just recall what your first impression of DPJ was? Yeah, I, I don't really recall the first one, but I do remember when he first came into Michigan. He was, he was highly touted. I mean, he was a five-star recruit out of Detroit's Cass Tech High School. Every major you know, college in the country was after him. Ohio State was recruiting him heavily. Um, he he, bit, he had the pick of the litter in terms of whatever school he wanted to go to. Um, there was, and there was this assumption that he was going to turn into this mega you know, receiver. He, he had a good frame in high school. He was highly tied, touted coming out of high school. Um, so I don't remember that first conversation, but I, I do remember um, you know, the expectation of him making an impact early on. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect word right there, Aaron, expectation. I'm going to read through his three seasons at Michigan. Freshman year, 22 catches, 277 yards. Four scores. I'm sure as a freshman, that's exciting. Four scores. You start talking about the promise. All right. Then sophomore year, 47 catches, 612 yards, eight touchdowns, all Big Ten, third team as a receiver. And then junior year, he falls back slightly. 34 catches, 438 yards, six touchdowns. He's third team again, but this time as a returner and only an honorable mention receiver. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for a little bit here. Why is there so much love for Peoples-Jones? If I'm going to frame this argument this way, I could say he's never really put together a memorable season. Uh, He couldn't earn top receiver honors in his own conference, yet a guy like Urban Meyer goes on a podcast right after he's selected and says, is shocked and says he should have been a top 10 pick. So can you just try and make sense of all this for me real quick? Yeah, I, with Peoples-Jones, it's always been about his, his athleticism. I mean, he's, I think, 6'2", 212. He was measured at the combine. Um, he, his jumps were tops among the receiver group. I think he hit the vertical in 44 and a half inches, the broad jump on 139. So off the, his numbers are off the chart from athletics, uh, from an athleticism standpoint. He just hasn't been able to necessarily translate that uh, into, into the game. So there was an assumption coming out of high school that he was going to be able to do that at Michigan. Well, he showed 
you know, bits, you know, glimpses here and there. Uh, he never was able to kind of, kind of put it together as a whole. Um, so I think that, that, you know, his frame, his athleticism going in the NFL level should allow him to, to you know, give himself a chance. Now it's up to him whether he can kind of put it together. But that's always been the book on him. I mean, he's always been an athletic, big kid. I mean, he's 6'2", 212. So I think from, from an NFL standpoint, that's going to help him just from a size and leverage perspective. Mm. But now he's got to put it all together and, and do it at the NFL level. You know, he, and we'll probably get into it later on. He did it at, you know, at times at Michigan, but it was never, never a full book, I guess, so to speak. Yep. Before we unpack that, uh, I want to ask why don't you, why do you think he didn't come back for his senior season? Was it just time for him to hit the NFL? Did he think he was going to be the second, third round pick? Why not come back for his senior year? That's a really good question, and it's one we've asked him a couple of times now. He hasn't really addressed uh, head on, um, but I'm I'm going to go and pre- presume it's, it's it's a couple of things. I, I don't when it comes to situations like these, I I don't think it's ever one. But I I think there was an assumption on it from on his end in his camp he could have been a late day one, early day two pick. Um, I, I can remember late, late in the middle of the fall, like October, uh, ESPN's Todd McShay had People Jones going late first round, but but then after as the season went on, he didn't put up the numbers that that he did, maybe <clears throat> that some folks thought he would, and then g- given the, 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 the you know the fact that this this wide receivers class was so big, um, it kind of it kind of hurt him. Uh, but no, I think between that and Michigan, we got a glut of receivers coming back. They've kind of shifted their offense in the last year or two. They're, they're running more of an RPO. Um, uh, offense that emphasizes slot receivers as opposed to, you know, a big outside guy like he is. So I, I think he saw that, um, you know, um, among the receivers that are coming back is, is Nico Collins, one of Michigan's top receivers last year statistically. Um, he kind of fits that, that, that niche that people Jones would have had. So I think he saw their handwriting on the wall in terms of the receivers that were returning, the offense changing, and then him, you know, bet- with his athleticism and his, his ceiling, he thought he could probably slide into that, you know, day one, day two projection and ultimately just didn't work out for him. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, timing continues to seem like it's not on his side. That uh, seems to be the narrative I'm picking up here. Pushing that further and going back to what we said about him never really able to put all his skills together, is this all Shea Patterson's fault? I mean, who, who can we blame for then Michigan's offense? And I'm sure you've written about it at nauseum. Why was that offense just never able to click with a guy, a prospect like Patterson, and then this – heck of an athlete we keep describing in people's jones i think it's again it's a combination of things when, when donovan first came in in 2017 michigan was still running very much a, a pro offense they had a, a pocket quarterback um i can remember his, his freshman season in 2017 that year specifically michigan cycled through three different starting quarterbacks due to injury and, and various things so he was I, I don't think ever able to fully get comfortable then and while, while you know he had the four touchdowns i think he had 200 and some yards receiving he was you know he was serviceable um, he was still picking up the offense, picking up the game, and so you, you kind of gave him a pass for his, you know, his freshman year. Then his sophomore year comes 2018, last year, Michigan gets a new quarterback with Shea Patterson. He doesn't necessarily fit the style of offense that Michigan was playing, but they're trying to, you know, kind of scissor him in there. Um, you know, Peoples Jones had had that good year. I think that was the the next step in his progression. And then you had 2019, where Michigan completely changed the offense and went to the more spread RPO style. And then Peoples Jones didn't it didn't 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 start well. Uh, he was injured for most of the off season. Uh, he did not participate in spring practice. He missed the first two games of the regular season, so he got off on a, on a bad foot to begin with. And I, I just don't think it was it was a good fit for him. I don't think it was a good fit for Patterson. Um, I don't think, and I think it was. All those timing and and you know the other option they had other receivers kind of step up you know the, a slot receiver by name Ronnie Bell kind of step up Nico Collins another big year so it was it was a combination of things and I don't think people as Jones helped himself either um, you know there were instances in games where he looked uninterested there were times where he dropped passes he should have caught 
Um, so I think it was just, it was a multitude of things that just never worked out for him. It sounds like it was a frustrating year to say the least. Is, is that what we're getting at here? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, he, Donovan's never been a guy to, um, you know, get deep, deep in the weeds with his thoughts and his feelings when it comes to football, the, the, the game of football. So you never really heard it from him, but you would see it in the sidelines. You know, he would look uninterested at times. There were um, the, the body language didn't look good. Um, so I think it was, yeah, I think it was frustration time. And he wasn't the only one that was frustrated. There were other receivers and that you know, Tariq Black, who just left Michigan, is going to Texas next year. He's another case, another instance of that matter. So Michigan, it was, a, it was a convergence of offenses. Things were changing. They were going in a different direction. And I think people's Jones, in a way, kind of saw that happening. And, again, that goes back to, I think, one of the reasons for him deciding to leave, to leave early when, in reality, when you look back at it, he probably wishes he would have stayed one more year. Yeah, so that's a great transition right there. Outside of what the Kuipers of the world were thinking, you watch this young man every day. You're obviously on this Michigan beat. When you hear he's declaring and you start kind of following the draft process to any degree that you do, where did you think he'd go? Which round did you think he'd go? Or was it kind of impossible to figure out? It was tough because, again, it goes back to his athleticism and his ceiling is there. I mean, he could, if he wanted to bend, you know, a, a top-tier receiver at the college level he could have I think he easily could have been maybe he could have if he went to a different offense where he could have been the, the, the top guy um maybe he would have been that at Michigan had the offense been stayed consistent over the last three years you don't really know but I, I I had a feeling he could go you know at least early dates too at the very least now complicating things here was just the depth and the, the talent of the receiver group this year you know across the board I mean there's so many talent talent guys Alabama had like three ahead of people's Jones I mean, you had a glut of guys there at the SEC and the Big 12 that are ready to go. So it, it was tough to gauge, but you, you thought he would get drafted at worst early day three, but then you started, you started to see him slide in the sixth round. You start to wonder, you know, what's going on there? You know, from an athletic standpoint, he, he, he beats most of those guys. He's got good speed. I mean, I think he ran a 4.48 at, at the combine, and he was even disappointed with that number. He thought he could hit high 4.3s. I um, mean, apparently he's shown it before practice at Michigan. So it's the, the speed and athleticism are there. It's just always been about, and as I said earlier, putting it together as a whole. Um, so it's, it was tough to gauge. You knew he wouldn't be one of the first, you know, 10, 15, 20, but you thought he'd be able to get in maybe that top, you know, again, that top 15, top 20 range. Uh, he just, he just wasn't able to. Yeah, I believe he was the 26th receiver taken, which as you said, it, it doesn't match up with where he thought and where others thought. And, his, his body language said a lot of that when he came on a Zoom call and talked with uh, Cleveland Media. Look, he's a six-round pick. He didn't sound happy about it, but he also just – he did sound grateful for the opportunity. So what I want to ask you is, is he the type of young man who could potentially be humbled by something like this? And how do you think he'll respond to being basically snubbed? I, I do. You know, I, Donovan's never been the type of guy who – um, where's his emotion on his sleeve necessarily? He, he never goes into deep detail about about the football, his thoughts on the football. When we would interview him at Michigan, his answers were always very short, um, didn't include a ton of detail. You can tell he, he was kind of holding back. And I, I, I think he was the guy who wanted to always show, um, you know, let his game speak for itself, not necessarily talk about it, but show it. And I think given his three-year career at Michigan, how it maybe didn't go as planned, him sliding down the NFL draft boats, I, I do think he, he's the type of guy that could use that as motivation. Um, you know, you, again, you go back to athleticism and, and the ceiling there and given all that, you know, I think that as the makings for him to quote unquote, turn it on at the NFL level. But again, we've been talking about this for three years now at Michigan, even going back to high school, whether you, when you were going to see it now, it, now it's his turn. I think he has to show it and he's got to show it early on because this track record up to this point has been underachiever. And if he starts early in the NFL, early in his NFL career of not 
um, you know, not blossoming, not developing, that I, I don't foresee a, a ton of NFL teams taking, you know, chances on him going forward beyond this. Yeah, Aaron, I like how you frame that, and it allows me to ask you this next. Just his first year, how do you think you see it playing out for him? You know, I, he's, might not, he's not going to line up next to Odell necessarily unless there's some injuries, but how do you think he can make that impact right away for the Browns? Well, the opening is there. I mean, just going down the roster and who they brought back and what the production from last year, I mean, it, it's clear the number three spot is open there. Whether he's going to be able to fight and compete for that, I don't know. Um, but it's certainly going to be there. So if he can come in, and we don't know when, obviously, mini camps are going to start or anything like that. So I, I think that's going to hurt him. Um, but I, I do think he's a guy that, that can, at the very least, you know, land on the roster, get a roster spot. Um, and get an opportunity to show himself. And, and once he does that and has enough time to you know, gauge the, 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 way the, the way the NFL works and the practice schedule and everything, he'll get it down. I think he'll be a guy that will, that will last for a while on the roster. Whether he's able to climb the depth chart and get, get a spot, get reps and everything else, again, remains to be seen. Yeah, this is Aaron McMahon, M Live. We're talking Donovan Peoples-Jones. Some really good stuff so far. We've talked about him a bit as a receiver how about as a special teams guy? He might have an opportunity. He probably will have an opportunity to be, you know, the gunner type, the kickoff guy. But specifically as a returner, what did you see during those three years at Michigan? Yeah, he uh, he got better. I think as things went on, um, but I think last year was hampered by the, the injuries. He was he didn't have the speed that I think you saw in the early first couple of years. It was real interesting when he first came in as a true freshman in 2017. They put him as a punt returner right away, like first game. Um, and he, I think the first, the first two games he had dropped, he dropped punt returns. So Harbaugh, Jim, okay. head coach Jim Harbaugh actually benched him for one game. They brought him back, I think it was game three or four, and he ended up returning. The first one, I think, back from being benched, he returned it for, for a touchdown. Uh, so he had, he clearly has the athleticism and the speed to do it. Um, and, and Michigan trusted him with the ball, and I thought he was fine. Um, you know, I think it's uh, 250 yards in 2018. He, he had 320 yards punt returning in 2017. He had, he had a touch, touchdown return in both 2017, 2018. In 2019, there were no un, there were no eventful runs that I can remember. Uh, I think he, he only returned. Um, he had 173 yards punt returning, so it wasn't nothing eventful. But he's certainly capable. He could certainly do it. Um, he, he has the technique and the speed to do it. I, I don't know what the Brown situation looks like at that point, but it certainly it would certainly be an option for him. I, I think this year. Yeah, and speaking with you know special teams coordinator Mike Prefer and just the Browns in general, it sounds like they're high on this guy as a, as a potential returner. Um, as a from a personality standpoint, do you think he's the type of young man with the grit and tenacity, willing to make a name for himself on special teams? You know, those tough kickoff units and and gunner on punt team. Do you think he has that in him? I, I do. You know, that, I think he realizes, and I don't think a lot of these Michigan guys realize at the same time that they're not afraid to, to participate in special teams. They're not afraid. They realize that's an opportunity to get on the roster, get you know, get 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 out there. Um, and Peoples Jones was always a guy who volunteered to return punts every year. Um, typically with Michigan with kick return, punt return, they you know they give the jobs to to, to early guys, you know, true freshmen, freshmen, speedy guys that are just trying to get in the field. People Jones wanted to do it every season. It, it wasn't just like Michigan asked him to do it. That he's like I, he came to them and said, "I want to do. It. I want. To, I want to return punts." So I, I think that that um, the willingness and the, and the ability to do it, um, I think, it will go a long way, especially at the NFL level when he's going to be fighting and, and trying to na- make a name for himself as, as a receiver. Yep. I want to switch back to him as a receiver now, offensive side of the ball, of course. Watching his tape, it's interesting. Um, he makes a lot of his best plays when he's outside, able to go get the football, stretch the field. Even if he starts in the slot, some of those outbreaking routes, the, the slot fades uh, work to his advantage. 
But then I see some plays where he really does win at the line of scrimmage and can work inside. And I'm like, okay, maybe he could be a slot receiver. Um, what, where do you think he is best in the NFL? Slot, outside, or is he a, a combination of both? Probably, probably, I would, if I had to guess, probably the outside just because of his size. I mean, yeah. he, he, his size gives him good leverage. It's, it almost seemed like he was best in red zone situations in the end zone where the quarterback could throw it up to him and he could just kind of go up and get it. I mean, that, that feeds into his athleticism and everything else. So I, I, I do think he feeds better, fits better as an outside guy in the, in the NFL. He's, he's pretty good off breaks. His route running is questionable at times. He, he can do it at, at certain points, but then it, 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 he kind of gets lost in others. So I think if he, if he were to do that as a slot receiver, I don't think he would fare well at the NFL level. Um, but again, you know, maybe, maybe things change. Maybe there's, there's a need for it. And he, he, I don't know, maybe he shows it. But at, at the NFL level, I, I do foresee him lining up outside. That seemed to be where he succeeded most at Michigan, and I, I think that's, that seems to fit him as a, as a, as a wideout. Yeah, I, I think we're agreeing here. And he looks like an outside guy who's going to be able to make some plays. Um, but like you said, if he's asked to play in the slot and potentially he grows as a route runner, he's definitely got the, the, the frame to be a, a bigger slot if need be. Uh, just, again, as you being the beat writer, seeing him day to day, I'm curious. Do you have a favorite uh, DPJ moment or memory? Is it maybe time in the locker room or maybe just something he did on field? Anything that stood out uh, when you look back at his Michigan career now? You know, from a personality standpoint, it's always been tough to, to get a read on him. Uh, he's he's really short with his interviews. I, I'm sure you were on the interview with, with the, the coaching st- or the other day when he got drafted. He, he's real short, doesn't volunteer a ton of information, and that was always the case in Michigan. You know, he's he's not a big interview media guy. Um, you don't, we didn't learn a ton on him as an individual. He does have an interesting background, though. His, his, he grew up in the, in the city of Detroit um, from a relatively well-to-do family. His father's an orthopedic surgeon. Um, so he's, he's got a good background, a good family background. Uh, he's, he is a smart individual. Um, you, you can tell that by talking to him. He's very careful with his words and his comments about what he likes to say. Um, but you, you don't know a ton about him. And that's, I think, the most fascinating thing about Donovan Peoples-Jones because you know, everyone talks about his ability and athleticism and his time at Michigan and maybe underachieving or whatever. But behind the scenes, uh, he, he hasn't t- given a ton. So it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how he, he deals with the NFL reporters and the, and the beat, beat group. Um, because uh, as we all know, those guys necessarily need to talk. So I, I'm curious to see if he, he opens up because he never really, never really did in Ann Arbor. Yeah, so that'll be fun to see, you know, as, as these young men grow, um, potentially, you know, they, they have an opportunity to um, transform themselves into other things or if he's just going to be strictly about his business. Um, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you this. How do you see his rookie contract playing out in Cleveland? Now, I, I don't want to sit here and – speculate on a whole NFL career, but just his time in Cleveland. Uh, do you see this guy as someone who could who can earn a second contract, or is it sort of what you said earlier where he needs to start out on the right foot or if he continues this momentum that he's brought from Michigan from the start of his junior year through that season into Cleveland, it's going to be difficult for him. I, I do see the next you know, 12, 18 months maybe in a way shaping what his NFL career could be because, again, we always talk about the talent, the ability, it's there. And, and he realizes that, you know, he knows that, you know, he may be underperformed and do as well as some folks thought he would. Because as I said at the beginning, he's a former five-star kid. He was a top, like, 15 kid nationally. He was wanted by everyone. You mentioned Urban Meyer talking, talking about him all the time. Folks see, see something in him that he, hasn't, he didn't necessarily show at Michigan. So I think if he's able to, to, to flash that early on in camp or early in his rookie year in Cleveland, things could go well for him. And like we talked about earlier, there's going to be a spot. I mean, there's a spot opening at the receiver slot in this position. There's going to be something there for him to take. It's not like he's walking into Cleveland situation where, 
you know, every spot is full. He's got to fight for raw, just a roster spot. You know, he can get some playing time if, if he flashes um, that type of play that we all expect. So again, it's going to be determined early on if he can if he can get a grasp of the NFL playbook and the Browns and the way they do things and and the way maybe fall, fall into the wing of of a, of a you know Jarvis Landry or a, or Odell Beckham. He he could do very, very well, or he could be end up being that sixth round guy that that NFL teams you know thought he was. You know that's what maybe we're going to see why he slid, why he slid and why he slid the sixth round, um, but. You can't. At the end of the day, you can't knock the athleticism. It, between his size and athleticism, you would like to think that he is going to break out at some point and and be that top potential number two wide receiver, number one wide receiver at the NFL level eventually. Um, but it's got to start soon, I, I think, or you know he's going to stop getting chances. Yeah, I want to ask you one thing quickly. I just thought of um, talking to one of the Brown scouts who came on during for a call during the draft. Uh, he said something interesting about Peoples Jones. He said. On tape, we noticed he would make the hard catches look easy, and then the easy ones were hard, or he'd even drop them. First, did you notice that same thing, and why do you think that is? If you had to label it, that's that's a good point, and it's probably accurate. You know, they're obviously looking a lot, a lot more tape than we did, but sure. yeah, I mean, that's that's, and I think that goes back to his thing where he 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 shows flashes at times where he looks like that. All that there, there goes that five star kid that we all talked about coming to high school, and then there are times where it's. You know, Michigan needed a big catch or needed a big play, and he just wasn't there. Um, part of that could have been on quarterback Shea Patterson. Uh, they're, they're, Patterson has gotten knocks in the past for accuracy, um, for you know issues, especially in, on short throws where he kind of fires the football in, didn't have a ton of touch. So I think maybe that that played into you know some of the drops we saw. Um, but you know, elite receivers need to make those catches and need to make it consistently. Diamond just didn't do it. Um, so we'll we'll see if that changes them to a level where the quarterback play is significantly better and more reliable. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a good way to to to, to sum up people's Jones' time in Michigan. He made the, the difficult catches look easy, and the, the tough ones look look hard, or the easy ones look hard. Yeah. Uh, one more before we wrap up off script here. You mentioned how it, it was just a frustrating season for him and for Michigan football in general. Uh, on the call, Donovan didn't use his quarterback play as an excuse. He accepted where he was drafted and he said, you know, I'm going to make the most of this. That's the right answer to, to the press. You saw it up close and personal. How does this young man handle adversity? Who was he when things were not going well at Michigan? He, I don't want to say he was, he was, you know, he, he went, you know, he went AWOL, sure. um, but again, he wasn't that guy that, that came in the big moment and, and saved the offense, saved the team made that big catch and in fact you know I can remember a couple of instances where you know, Michigan was down on the wire specifically uh, the, the loss at Penn State midway through the season uh, they needed to catch you know, um, you know late in the fourth quarter to tie the game uh, it was Ronnie Bell who who was the guy that got open um, he ended up dropping the football but he was down people's Jones wasn't he wasn't there he was covered he was he just wasn't open so it's it, it's tough to say because he like like I said, he could be that guy. He could be that 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 guy that takes over a football game if he wanted to be. He just didn't do it consistently at Michigan, and I think that that's the reason why we're talking about Donovan Peoples Jones, the sixth round draft pick, and not Donovan Peoples Jones, the second or third round pick. But it's intriguing. I mean, I mean everyone wants to talk about a wide receiver, um, especially someone with him and his athleticism. Uh, you know, the skill positions always get more attention, and and rightfully so. I mean, he's going to get talked about a lot, I think, in Cleveland, up until he proves himself or you know, continues that narrative where he, he just underachieved. And I'm curious to watch here the next year just to see if he's able to, um, you know, solidify himself as an NFL wide receiver or, again, continue that narrative that he just didn't do enough. 
I think that's well put. I'll get you out of here on this question. A little lighter, a little gambling question. Uh, Peoples Jones is plus 7,500 to win offensive rookie of the year, meaning 10 bucks gets you 750 good ones. Browns fans, if that's something you want to throw your money on. Uh, not saying you, you're a gambling man or anything, but some, some monopoly money here. Are you throwing 10 bucks down on Peoples Jones rookie of the year? Or do you have any bold predictions for rookie of the year for him? You know, I, I'm a gambling man. I, I don't know if I'd put the money down just because knowing, you know, Cleveland's uh, receiver situation, you got two guys that are going to get, I'm guessing, most of the attention from, you know, from in terms of catches and targets. Um, so I, I would be, I would lean away from that. But um, don't, don't be, don't be surprised if Peoples Jones has an incredible camp, you know, um, surprises some folks and gets some rain recognition and gets in there. I would not be surprised at all. It, it's hard to count him out just because, you know, he hasn't put together the, the, you know, the, the body of work that some folks wanted him to have. I do think there's something there we haven't seen. And Donovan, I think, said that in his conference call with Cleveland Reporters the other day. There's, there's more to him than, than you've seen. He hasn't, he hasn't scratched the surface of what he, what he believes he can do. And if that, in fact, is true, then he could be, he could be one of the steals of this, this past draft. Aaron, great stuff there. Hey, hopefully we can do this again soon when Donovan Peoples-Jones is leading all rookies in touchdowns or something crazy like that, right? <laughs> My sure, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man.